Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Third down and seven. Pump fake. And wide open is Adams. Hit in stride. That little pump fake froze the defense, and Adams ran right by Harris and Verrett. It obviously feels really good to come out here and get a win, especially on a short week. There was a lot of hours put in for the preparation. I was really happy with uh, the play of our team. I thought the energy was there. That was something that we were looking forward. There was a lot of guys that had to step up and, you know, embrace new roles. And it's always fun to see those guys come out on top. Those are the words of Matt LaFleur. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Bud Light. And Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. And all you got to do is go to BudLight.com to see all that it is they have to offer. So Mike Clemens, our good guy, our Green and Gold Insider, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Uh, Mike, I'll ask you the question I've been asking all day. How big of a win was this for the Packers? Uh, I'll flip it back to you and say, was that effort last night, would that have been good enough to beat the Vikings the other day? Um, I think they tackled better. I don't know if the Vi- if they would have beaten the Vikings. Um, boy, that's a great question. Uh, well, yeah, you know what? Of, you know what? I'm thinking at Lafleur. Now they didn't get in their driveway till six, seven o'clock this morning from one of those primetime games, West Coast trips, and everything. So uh, he just moved his press conference to four o'clock today, so that you know they can get some damn sleep. And, but he's going to go through the film, and then we'll talk to him. And, okay, you've seen the film now. What you got last night for those games, those guys, would that have been good enough to beat the Vikings the other day? Of course, Delvin Cook was the difference maker. I mean, he just had a tremendous day. But I don't know, Bill. That team was so – those 49ers team was so banged up last night. Well, I said this, Mike. The Thursday night games have been traditionally sloppy. Road teams on Thursday nights have not fared well, specifically those going from East or Midwest time zones into the West Coast. Yes. Uh, You beat up on a team. You're banged up. You've got COVID. They're banged up. They've got COVID. The difference was really Devontae Adams and Aaron Aaron Rodgers. You tackled a little bit better. You pressured the quarterback a little bit better. I mean, you you involved some guys that didn't normally see touches. So to get a win and to get a win convincingly – I'll take it on a Thursday night game in which we usually see craptastic Thursday night games. <laughs> well, and here's another thing. See, there's this thing that the national writers talk about is the, the Super Bowl loser slump, or even if you win the Super Bowl. But particularly, it seems like the team that lost the Super Bowl 
they just go into some kind of a funk. Right. And I don't know if that explains everything that's happened to this 49ers team. But, you know, Kyle Shanahan ran the football down the throats of the Packers, not once, but twice. And the Packers admittedly showed up without fire in the NFC Championship game. And they and, and Zadarius Smith said after the game, yeah, we didn't really make any adjustments. They just kept running off tackle, and we didn't seem to have a solution to it. So Kyle Shanahan was asked last night, after the beatdown you put on Green Bay twice last year and a trip to a Super Bowl, now you've got a 4-5 or five record this season. I mean, you know, are you surprised that you know, you're this far away from where you were a year ago at this time? Each year is a new year. and We know the challenges that we have had. I think there's a number of games that we could have won that we didn't. And I know it doesn't get easier with some of the guys we've lost, but hopefully we'll get some guys back here going forward. You know, I'm really looking forward to these three days off for our players. I think it's something that's needed um, pretty bad right now for us. You know, then we got New Orleans after that. And, you know, we really get, we got one game in the, in the next 24 days. And um, so hopefully we can get three off, go take care of business versus New Orleans, get back on track, enjoy our bye week and come back and try to turn this around here in the second half. Cause it's still early in the year. And um, I still know we got a chance to uh, at least get that tournament at the end of the year, but uh, we got to recover a little bit here over these three days and make sure when we come back, we start playing some better football well i mean he's right it's you're halfway through the season and and mike you you were also correct because i was talking about this last night the teams that lose the super bowl traditionally don't make it back to the postseason the next year because of whatever reason this year just happens to be quite a bit of injury and different adversities that they've had to face so you kind of understand what's going on there but uh but but still i mean when it comes to the win over the packers I'm taking it in a heartbeat, but in this weird world of COVID, Mike, now you got Chris Barnes who has tested positive for mm-hmm. COVID, so hopefully the Packers can wrap their arms around that today and throughout the rest of the weekend and into next week as well because both sides were ailing from this on Monday night. Chris Barnes, number 51, uh, who's stepped in undrafted as a linebacker when Christian Kirksey went down, has done a great job and all over the field, but then he, he had a shoulder injury that uh, had bothered him the last couple of weeks, and then last week or last night, it was announced the reason that he had left the game was due to a calf injury. But now we're finding out he's tested positive for COVID. And so that's another thing we need to clear up with LeFleur about the timeline on that. I mean, I mean, was he pulled from the game because he had COVID? I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if we have that, that story yet. Uh, people, though, just you know, from afar, looking at the Thursday night football product last night, you know, people asking, should you have even played this game? Now... When the COVID problems started to creep into the season, starting with the Titans and them having to put off their game and, and the league doing that, you know, I, uh, I was like, wait a minute, this is football. Unless there's lightning, you play in wind and rain and snow and injuries. And, you know, if your team's not ready, COVID or whatever, uh, you forfeit. Well, then it occurred to me, there's no such thing as forfeiting in the NFL when you don't have fans in the stands. They right. can't afford it. This is, yes, player and coach and people, you know, employee health is, is, is way up there. But at the end of the day, they're trying to put these TV shows on or they don't get paid by the sponsors. And you're in sweeps right now. Sweeps started October 29th, runs till the third week, about the 25th of November. That was a sweeps game last night. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, just get the game on. <laughs> and that's part of the situation. Now, the right. coach, Kyle Shannon, was asked, with all these cases and injuries on both teams, should the NFL move this game to, say, Monday night? 
Um, I don't really think about that stuff at all. You know, it was never brought up pushing the game back. So um, we've been planning on it being at this Thursday at five whenever it was supposed to start. And that never changed. So I know we're working together with the league on all that stuff. And that was never brought up. So never really thought about it. Um, I guess when do these teams, Mike, the, the timing of it always seems to be bizarre that a guy tests positive after the game or you find out about it after the game as if suddenly it pops up. I, I, I know that uh, this has been something that we have talked about and others have talked about as far as the league and their testing and then their rapid returns. Well, a lot of people have been asking me, so A.J. Dillon, so he, he played in that Vikings game. He had five carries and a catch. And the next morning they inform him he's got COVID-19. And I said, yeah, that's just the reality of this. These players are getting swabbed every morning, including game day. And he got tested Sunday morning. And then the results go back, come back from the New Jersey lab at about 11 o'clock at night. And either Doug Collins gets informed at that time or they call LaFleur at 6 o'clock Monday morning and say, hey, A.J. Dillon, test positive. Got to pull him. Um, and and you, now you got to start doing the, the tracing with the other players, Jamal, you know, uh, Kamal Martin apparently had been around them, and so they have to be put on a five-day quarantine, and this is just the way it is. You know, you'd think that by this point maybe there'd be a lab in every, every state, you know, that they could right. run it to faster. Now, listen to what Kyle Shanahan had to go through. First of all, he's got an injury list from hell and guys on IR, and then Kendrick Bourne test positive. Now, on a Thursday night game, he, he plays the Seattle Seahawks, plays them close uh, late Sunday. Now, on Monday, you get your guys in and get them into the training room and try and you know, work out the bruises, start talking to them about the next game. On Tuesday, you do two days' worth of installs. You install the play, playbook, then you go out and have a walkthrough. Have some lunch, install Thursday, go out, have a walkthrough, you know, and take a break for the night. And then on Wednesday, one more run-through, and then you got to rest up because game day is the, is the next day. So Wednesday morning, he's trying to get this through and trying to figure out who he's got for injured players, and then he finds out he's losing his wide receiver, Kendrick Bourne, is positive. Okay, fine. So now he makes a game plan up for Brandon Eok, that rookie out of ASU that the Packers might have been had a chance at in the draft, or his veteran left tackle, Trent Williams. He finds out, like, at 3 o'clock, they can't play because now they've tested positive. I mean, he's constantly having to reinvent his game plan. And Kyle Shanahan talked about what that timeline was like for him and the 49ers when they had to close down their facility on Wednesday. Found out when we came in Wednesday morning. Uh, then we got in and then, you know, then we focused on clearing out the building because we had to shut everyone down when we found out about KB. Then went home and was right back to quarantine basically at home and did everything from there. I went back into my office that was set up from the draft and did all the red zone stuff. We didn't find out about Ayuk and Trent until um, until after those meetings and stuff. So we were allowed to come back here last night and walk through the red zone, some of the openers and stuff. And I just had to do a little shuffling. I mean, there's, there's not enough time to change everything. You know, it's the night before the game and guys weren't practicing anyways because of the short week. So we just got the receivers, we shuffled them and, you know, we walked through a lot last night. And uh, I think Wes grabbed a couple of them and walked through the day um, before the game. Yeah, it's it's tough to do everything like that on the fly and then try to find that, uh, you know, uh, you got to change your game plan a couple of times for the strengths of the team that you're actually going to be able to put on the field. So then, Bill, you know, you asked me about how do you measure this win last night. Well, the left tackle that Justin School, the one that Zadarius came running around to get the strip sack, he's had 18 snaps in the, in the National Football League this year. 
or number 13, the Richie James kid who kept on getting open. I think he got like 187 yards of catches, had the one touchdown. He's five foot nine. He's got an ankle injury. He's only had 33 snaps this year. And yet, you know, he talked about that this team, this 49ers team, thinks, hey, we're going to get a break now, and we still think that we could regroup and maybe be a wild card team. Here's Richie James. Um, that's what we're thinking about most for the most part. Um, we're getting guys back, and, um, and you can tell that we're, we're a little bit tired. You can tell that we're a little tired. It's a short week for us, and we'll be all right. It's going to take a few days to recover and recoup and mentally get your, your mindset back to where you need to go. So um, we just got to regroup, man. That's all it is. We got to regroup, and we'll be all right. I think we'll be all right, though. Um, Mike, and one of the arguments today from a lot of fans, and I know it was asked Aaron Rodgers last night, but um, was how good of a win is this? You and I talked about it at the very beginning, and considering both teams are banged up, I go through my laundry list of things you need to check off, all the boxes. You beat Kyle Shanahan. Your offense looked good. You involved Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You went over there on a Thursday night. You went to the West Coast on a Thursday night. I mean, things you checked all these boxes, so – and you did it in a convincing fashion. So to me, while it's – look, it's not a win that's going to put you into the Super Bowl by any stretch of the imagination or even show people that you're a Super Bowl-caliber team, but it was a win in which you can at least hang your hat on and said, okay, we checked the box, we got that monkey off our back, we can move forward. You know, and I think beating Kyle Shanahan is at the top of my list. I mean, that guy still had plays installed with motions that I had not seen him do before or Matt LaFleur used. He had one motion when the guy, the tailback went way in a big loop. You know, I the, did the, see that, yes. The timing of it, that, that they have in that stuff. And these are third stringers he's doing with. But you know what? When Aaron Rodgers breaks his collarbone, and no one says, oh, well, gee, you know, you got the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron was asked, can you really consider this a win with all the injuries and the COVID the 49ers were dealing with? Yeah, I mean, a different uh, team on paper for sure. Um, they've had some tough injuries to some really key players. Uh, but, look, uh, no one's feeling sorry for anybody in this league. That's the way it goes. Nobody's feeling sorry for us when we're dealing with our injuries. And, you know, you just have to be uh, have to be a next man up mentality. Obviously, they've got hit with the injury bug a lot more than you usually see. But uh, still football. It still feels great to win. It feels good to be 6-2 and two at the halfway point, first in the division. So there you go, Aaron Rodgers. Let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. More with Mike Clemens, our Green and Gold Insiders. We continue to break down last night's contest. And the breaking news of the day is Chris Barnes, the Packers middle linebacker, not only hurt his calf last night, but in addition to that, tested positive for COVID. They had that result this morning. So they're going to be dealing with that over the next 10 days as well. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. They don't have the pass rush that we're accustomed to seeing, but the secondary has been really good. Here's one for Adams downfield, and the catch, touchdown! Mosley in coverage. It was just old-fashioned uh, go route against free access, so I just had to kind of eat up that space a little bit. And uh, once I looked up, and I mean, the ball was literally placed. It couldn't have been any better than it was. I mean, it was literally a perfect throw. It was almost so perfect to where it threw me off. Like, I, you know, I was expecting the ball, and I was looking up, and I kind of lost it in the lights for a second. And then it just dove off that right side, and I don't, I don't think 41 ever even saw the ball. Those are the words of Devontae Adams. Welcome back. Hey, don't forget about our friends at Van Horn Automotive. Van Horn, they want to buy your car. Everything from, you know, Ferraris to Geo Metros. They're looking for everything. And don't forget their service is unquestionable. They uh, do a lot of great things, including finance your service during these hard times. If you're looking for a good deal on uh, service work right now, 
0% APR for 12 months on service up to 2000 bucks. But if you're looking to buy a car new or used, finance a car, trade in a car, you can do it all online safely by simply going to VanHornAuto.com. That's VanHornAuto.com. They are family-born. They're employee-owned. Again, go to VanHornAuto.com. Mike Clemens joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline, still breaking down last night's contest. And, you know, the uh, all the talk today is on what Devontae Adams said last night in his postgame presser when he talked about being the best wide receiver in the National Football League. Mike, everybody's debating that today. There's a thing that started about a year or two amongst some of the beat writers that just felt that maybe Devontae Adams, because he's in Green Bay or something, I don't know, wasn't getting his due. Like when people talk about Antonio Brown and Amari Cooper or whoever's on your favorite, you know, on your fantasy football team this week. But Last night, the NFL released that he's the first player in the Super Bowl era to have 50-plus receptions, 600 receiving yards, 8-plus touchdowns through his first six games of the season. And so Devontae Adams was asked point blank, are you the best receiver in the NFL today? Uh, yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think that's not, uh, that's not being conceded. That's just being confident. I think, um, you know, obviously what I've, what I've done and um, what I'm going to continue to do is going to prove that. Um, to anybody who who isn't on board with that, but I, I truly believe that uh, just based off of the the work that I put in, um, you know, the connection that I have between my quarterback, you know, it's, it's not just about me. I, I mean, just running a route and and uh, you know, if the, if the line isn't protecting or if the quarterback doesn't look your way or the other receivers don't do their part to pull defenders away, um, you know, that's none of what I do can happen. So at the end of the day, um, I'll tell you, yes, absolutely, I, I think I'm the best wide receiver in the, in the game, but. Um, there's a lot of things that go into me being able to, to to make that statement. So he considers himself the best for what he does with his quarter. I agree. Look, for all the things that he does, it, you can argue it till you're blue in the face. Nobody's going to have a right answer. They're all good, whether it's DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, whatever it happens to be. But the fact is you need another guy. Well, we, we're waiting for Alan Lazard to come back, Mike, but y- you saw glimpses of what Marquez Valdez-Scantling can do when he's on the same page with Aaron Rodgers last night. Alan Lazard didn't make the trip when we were in Tampa, but you saw him on the sidelines last night. And we know that he's been out running around the practice field. He's still technically on the IR. <clears throat> so he's, he's amazingly close from having this core abdominal surgery. But, you know, still give it another two or three weeks before maybe he even gets back to where he was at the start of the season. So it gets back to this question about does Aaron Rodgers have a number two and they – did they, you know, and they, they, they didn't get Will Fuller in and all that. And then you see M. Marquez Valdez-Scaling with that drop in the right flats. Just like this classic, like you can't, you just can't, can, you know, can depend on this guy. And that's what he needs to do is be there for those, those short gains. And so then they come back to him with the 52-yard bomb down the middle on the post. And then he runs that little zigzag in the back of the end zone and gets his second touchdown. So after the game, Rodgers was asked, you know, here you go back to MVS after that drop in the right flats. Did you, did you have any reservations on coming back to him later in the game? Yeah, you know, I, I don't have any reservations throwing the ball his way. So obviously the drop uh, denied, uh, you know, a drive continuing. But look, uh, the beauty is a two-minute warning hit, came over the sidelines. We're talking through some plays. And Matt brought up that play, and I looked at Quez. I said, you want the play? And he said, yeah. I said, all right. Went back in the huddle and figured I was throwing him a touchdown. Sure enough, I did. It, it's it's nice. That, well, first of all, I don't expect Marquez Valdez-Cantling to go, no, don't throw it to me. 
You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he's going to take anything he can get. Any competitor would. But it's good that Aaron Rodgers looked at him and said, do you want it? Because then it at least conveys a little bit of confidence. Like, I, I can get it to you if you're just going to be able to catch the damn ball. Last night on Twitter, Jermichael Finley, who you've had on the show, tweeted out that Sports Illustrated cover of him and Greg Jennings and Jordy and James Jones, that incredible, and and Randall Cobb along with Aaron Rodgers, that incredible, iconic thing. And, you know, Jermichael's career cut short by the neck injury, and he he still wants people to remember him. He was a hell of an athlete. But we all remember that he struggled, too. And, yep. and, and and talking about the chemistry and trying to be on the same page with Aaron Rodgers. And it got to a point where finally Aaron Rodgers figured out, i got to go to this guy early to get him going. And maybe that's what they need to do with MVS as well. You've got to come to him to get him going. I don't think Marquez Valdez-Scanling is ever going to be Jordy Nelson or Randall Cobb or Devontae Adams. You know, maybe a Greg Jennings who had his drops. And so... You know, you ask Rodgers, do you ever think you could get MVS to that kind of a consistency to be a dependable number two? I don't know. I do have a lot of faith and trust in him. I've seen him grow as a player. Uh, I'm sure it's tough to to not get the kind of uh, numbers and targets uh, that you want from week to week, but it's happened to guys over the years, you know, who kind of have some ups and downs as far as targets and and the production. And the guys that stick around are the guys that can stay focused and uh, and push through the adversity and 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 any frustration that might come up. Um, And I'm proud of I'm proud of Marquez. I mean, he's done a a really nice uh, nice job for us of, of just staying focused. Uh, and and staying confident. I didn't see his head drop actually after after he dropped the ball. I was talking to him about another play that I'd seen on the on the pad. It wasn't even something I felt like I needed to go over and and, and talk to him about. As far as the, the first touchdown, I didn't really see him. Uh, I just I saw uh, the area of the field and expected that he was going to beat the, the safety that side. I wanted to put just a little extra height on it because I knew the safety on the back side was doubling Devontae. Um, and after uh, the you know front side guy attached to the Y, I felt good about the about MVS being there uh, on the deep ball, and uh, that's a fun one. Um, offensively, pretty good night. Defensively, it was not a, anything that you're going to put in the Smithsonian and say one of the best uh, you know defensive performances ever. But it was better. It, we saw you know more a little more you know a short tackling. Uh, you saw some pressure. It, it was you know it was hit or miss at times. Uh, it wasn't great, and it was, certainly isn't fixed according to Matt Lafleur. But uh, at least you saw. Rashawn Gary, you saw Preston Smith, you saw Zadaria Smith, you saw guys getting in there. Yeah, but you didn't see the 49ers offensive line. I mean, they're no. taking guards and they're training him to be center. And then Trent Williams goes down, uh, goes up on the board for COVID Wednesday afternoon. And so that Justin School kid that was playing left tackle last night, 18 snaps this year in the NFL, 18 snaps. So Preston Smith lines up on him, gets the pressure, blocks the ball on Nick Mullins. Raven Green yells bingo, gets the interception, momentum changer, you know, early in that game, if you will, and led to a score. And then Zadarius got there later. And, and Matt LaFleur was asked, hey, you showed some getting to the, some quarterback pressure from Rashawn Gary, from Preston, and Zadarius uh, with his strip sack, right? Yeah, it sure did. Uh, obviously, I think it all starts up front, and those are three of our best players on our defense. And when they, when they play really well, we're really tough to to deal with. And I think that's exactly what happened. Obviously, you know, getting two turnovers caused by by that front, uh, Preston with the hit on the quarterback that caused the interception by Raven Green, and then also uh, Z's 
sack fumble. I both those led to points, and just really happy with with our overall effort. Um, Zadarius Smith, when it talks about uh, him and Preston, he also talked a little bit about getting to the quarterback, the pressure, all on that interception. Uh, we have raised the issue on this show now the last couple of weeks. Where are the Smith brothers? Right. I mean, they're not, you know, where, the leadership, they were these stars last year. And and I know that, you know, there's no fans in the stands and all those other kinds of things. You can't get the guy in your show, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you know, they're not even necessarily made available or they haven't had much to say and 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 what's going on on the field? And we we've noticed in the games that Preston Smith has been dropping back on the left side more in coverage than on the line and setting an edge, going after the quarterback. Well, last night they had him setting the edge and going after the quarterback. And listen to Zadarius talked about how big was that play from Preston to pressure to get the Raven Green interception and sort of set the tone on defense. Oh, man, I got her fired up. Uh, we was uh, hype off of that um, because Pete been talking about rushing for a while, if you guys know. Uh, he been dropping a lot, man, and for him to get that pressure, man, and come back to the sideline and have a turnover play like that, that was big for us, and that set the tone uh, for us as a defense to go out there and be dominant. Now that's your defensive captain saying my guy Preston has been lobbying to get back to quarterback pressuring. Instead mm-hmm. of just dropping in coverage thing, for whatever reason, you know Mike Pettin's been doing that, you know, and they say, Coach, let me go after the quarterback. Maybe that was because of the matchups they had last night. That's something different he wanted to show. Right. I just found that to be very interesting. And here's the other thing. I mean, regardless if that was a third string team you beat last night or whatever. You know, that stadium, Levi Stadium, has been a house of horrors for you. Two really embarrassing losses there that really told you how much farther you've got to go if you're going to win the NFC and go to a Super Bowl. And Zazarius talked about finally walking out of that 49ers stadium last night with a win. Man, we've been talking about it, man, and I talked to the team earlier, man. I was just telling them the feeling of uh, taking that long walk from the bus to the stadium today, man. I felt that feeling of the last game when we had to leave the locker room actually go back to the bus, man. So that I try to uh, keep keep everybody motivated, man, and everybody felt where I was coming from with that situation because basically they they took it all from us last year. But um, they, they did have a lot of injuries, man, and, and that, that's a great football team. Uh, give it to them, man. Uh, it's just this week, man, we, we, we worked hard because we knew what we was going after, man, and uh, we got it done. Let's do this. We'll stop, uh, take a quick break, come back, and we will uh, finish things up and wrap things up for the week. Mike Clemens joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. They have the take, heat, and eat meals right now, just like mom would make. And all you got to do is stop in, pop them in, and you're good to go. Stop in a Quick Trip. And don't forget, if you don't have one, get a quick rewards card. If you have one, make sure you use it and continue to earn points at our friends from Quick Trip. Mike Clemens, more of him next. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Third and seven. Got to block the Smiths. Mullen throws out right. Wide open. Caught by Richie James Jr. Cuts back inside. Touchdown San Francisco. Uh, even with the guys that we had on the field, uh, myself included, it's, we really feel like we can be a lot better. And um, so with these couple days away, I just regroup, reset and um, just foot on the gas for, uh, for these upcoming weeks. 
There you go. Those are the words of uh, Nick Mullins after the game. Look, uh, they put up a, a couple of touchdowns late and uh, made it a little bit closer than maybe the game actually was. But that being said, Packers get a win. They knock off the 49ers and, and finally get some good memories coming out of uh, coming out of Levi Stadium. Right, Mike? Yeah, and, and covering a 49ers game, a Packers 49ers game, this brings back, this is one of the best memories I've ever had in covering the, the Packers. We're in Candlestick Park, which they called Monster Park then, and it's Mike McCarthy's first year as the head coach. It's 2006, and the record is 4-8. and eight. And now it's early December, and he's going up against the team that he coached as offensive coordinator the year before with Alex Smith and those guys, and Mike Nolan, his old boss. The guy desperately needs a win. He's going to try and get to 500 in his first year as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers only had two significant games in the three years that he waited for Brett Favre to move on. One was the Dallas Cowboys game, you know, when Terrell Owens poured the popcorn into his face mask. The other right. one was in 2006, about three or four weeks before this game at the stick, when Favre went down after his elbow got hit by Teddy Bruschi, and Aaron had to play the second half, and somewhere in the third quarter, he broke his foot. So here we are two or three weeks later, and I was going down on the field for this game. This is one where Favre threw a bomb to uh, Donald Driver, turned the coin and they, uh, the corner, and they won the game 30-19. to And McCarthy was just excited like a little kid that he got this win, particularly against his old team. I get on this little press elevator. That's an old stadium to stick. And Aaron comes on in a, with his crutches, 22-, 23-year-old Aaron Rodgers. He's on IR. So we ride down, and I let him get out of the elevator. He's got one person from the team with him. And as he walks through the concourse, everybody stops and looks at him. Hey, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. And they're applauding him and cheering him, and it's like a hero's welcome. And then we walk out onto the field down by the end zone on the Packers' side, and that whole third of the stadium, that south end zone, stand up and give Aaron Rodgers a standing ovation. Now, I want to ask you, if you're a fan of Lambeau Field, are you really going to recognize Jonathan Taylor from the Badgers if he's walking around in a coat or on crutches? Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't believe the standing ovation that Aaron Rodgers got. And I thought, this, this community really wanted him. And I asked him if he remembered that. Yeah, I have a lot of love for the Bay Area. I grew up uh, about three hours north of San Francisco. I grew up a big San Francisco 49er fan. Um, you know, uh, Joe, Joe was was a hero of mine, and Jerry Rice and Rathman and Roger Craig and Ronnie Lott, and uh, you know, I, I fell in love with the game on my uh, carpet in the living room, watching the the drive, and uh, knew that's what I wanted to do uh, from that day forward. Um, you know, was very fortunate after playing at the great Butte Community College. Uh, to get an offer from Coach Tedford at Cal, had a great time at Cal. You know, made some some lifelong friendships. Was around some incredible people, including the current coach, um, Hollywood Wilcox, um, who's a, a great friend of mine, a great coach. Um, Love those those guys. Still keep in touch with them. Talked to you know some of my buddies, um, Andrew McGraw and Foxy this week. Actually, um, to just it's a, it's a great place to. Um, to be uh, to be able to played and I have so much love and appreciation for my time those two years I spent there obviously you know uh, 2005 they went a different direction the Niners but I've always uh, you know always enjoyed my time in the Bay 
I do remember going out there in 06, doing my, my, uh, you know, fifth metatars metatarsal break and being up in the, uh, in the box for much of the game. But it was fun to get down the field late in the game after, uh, you know, the game was in our favor. And, um, again, I've always, always had and always will have a lot of affection for the Bay Area. And, um, anytime we get to go back, it's fun, to, especially to go back to Cal to catch up with those guys and see some of the alums and the boosters and, just the people who make that place go. And it's exciting to still have an affiliation with it again with Coach Wilcox back at Cal. It's really uh, kind of energized, uh, bringing so many guys back into the fold. And I think that's the beauty in what he's done. We got to hold on to him for a while. I'm excited the Pac 12 is going to be playing football, I believe, this week. There you go. Michael, always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Time for us to go. Have a going. See We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.